Troy for DJ and Yak Soccer Talk. We got a game Saturday night, RSL in Portland on the turf. Mm-hmm. The Timbers back-to-back home losses below the playoff line. I would have bet anything against this. Shows whatever you think you know, you don't really know. Correct. I, I'm with you. We we all saw that road-heavy slate early on. Thought that once they finally got home, they'd make a run. But alas... They're below the playoff line. They have a great home field advantage. And that stadium looks great on TV. First time I was there doing a game, and I was commenting how awesome the crowd was, and you know the Twitterverse was Did all... you get... They're all... It's like, DJ's never seen a game in Portland. No, you don't get it. Like, <laughs> no matter how good it looks on TV, uh-huh. it's better in person. And I haven't been there since they did the, uh, the deck across the way and had another yeah. 4,000 seats. It just looks... Awesome. ESPN loves to put the camera on the ground they and do. then have that whole towering yes. shot with the lights and all. They the do people. it all the time. Yeah, Every time you do. see it's it, like, that's a given. Match out of Portland. You know that that the camera so This is where you go, and if you go anywhere else, right. stop thinking. Yeah. Go back there and put the camera on the go ground. Go right back yeah. over there. Yeah. So it's a great environment, and they've lost back to back home matches. Now I got to say, it's been Atlanta and Seattle. Correct. And Atlanta's the MLS Cup rematch and. So Atlanta right now holds the MLS Cup and the U.S. Open Cup. So you lost to the best team this side of LAFC. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> and then Seattle Atlanta. comes in. That's weird. They got the Cascadia Cup. Ton of intensity and passion of the three legs. That's the most intense. Seattle and Portland more than Seattle and Vancouver. I think Portland and Vancouver is the least intense. And Seattle won. They both won on the road two one. And Seattle just went in there and won. I thought in that game on both the goals. I thought Portland's defending was terrible. It's been actually pretty bad for a while now. And it, it started way before the, the goal, but just the way Seattle played through the midfield. Correct. Diego Chara, when he's on, is wildly intimidating. He is very good. Yeah, absolutely. When he's on. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but he was just kind of standing still and jogging. They just played the ball right through the midfield, down the side to Jordan Morris. Valentin's like yank stabbing looks like one of my bad putts <laughs> and just yank stabbing the ball just reaching out just blow right around him and all of a sudden you got like four guys and two defenders and the keepers in trouble and i had I a, if portland defends like that i really like rsl's chances portland has struggled on defense i had a portland writer that i follow on twitter uh, during this last match tweet out who would have ever thought that we missed the days of having Liam Ridgewell in central defense here in Portland? Yeah, really. And that's what he said. And I'm like, okay, I think that kind of shows what's going on up there. I'm with you. If this is how they're going to defend and Farcell can string stuff together in the midfield and just kind of plow right through like what you said Seattle did, you got a good chance here. A lot of the complaints you see uh, from the Timbers fans now are when teams sit deep, they Correct. can't break them down. Yeah. And on the road, I know RSL loves the high press, and that's the – style of soccer I prefer to see. Mm-hmm. There's never a dull moment. Correct. It's on at any moment and a bad touch. You're walking right in on the keeper. I love it. But I think I think we're going to see it in very limited doses. I, I think they're going to put men they're they're going to put their guys behind the ball and make Portland break them down and look to counter. Which can be fun in its own right. It's not the preferred for me. I mean the counter is it is fun with players in space and everybody's running and feels like something's about to happen. Yeah. I, but I, I think I think it's going to be guys behind the ball. It's probably the smart play because you are on the road, you're playing on turf. It's and you said it's an intimidating home field advantage up there in Portland. There's no doubt about it. The Timbers Army they do great do a great job just supporting their team, and it's probably the smart idea is just to force 
Portland, if you guys want to break us down, break us down. But we haven't proven it so Our far. Our going to see a lot of turf here at the end of the year. They still have to go to Vancouver, plays Correct. on turf. They have to go to New England, plays on turf. They have to go to Portland, plays on turf. The only other road game they have left is Minnesota. That's grass. I say only other. they got four of seven on the road now. <laughs> yeah. To, to close this out. Um, How much of a concern is that, you think, for, for guys on RSL? We're talking some of the older players. Uh, Albert Rusnick said um, it's kind of the way everything's going. Okay, uh, You get more use out of the fields mm-hmm. uh, for the places where the weather's iffy, yeah. a lot of rain or cold or whatever. Uh, he said that Portland had the best artificial service in the league. It was softer and more grass-like and played truer. Okay. And he liked it of all the service. Now, they tore their surface up in the offseason, installed new as part of the whole rebuild because this, they were yeah. driving cranes around on the plane surface. <laughs> yeah. So that's not particularly good for the artificial service. So it's brand new. So he hasn't been on this one, uh, but in the past he'd always been been pretty complimentary of it. Uh, the big thing, I think, going into this week, no Kyle Beckerman. Correct. They're five and two when Kyle doesn't play this year. To the, I think that that says several things there. Um, one, bringing Everton in, they've never had someone like Everton alongside Kyle in there, and the depth of the team. Now that's taken a hit because Beasler got hurt, but they have had four guys they can count on for those two spots without playing Luke Mulholland. Luke hasn't played yet this year. Correct. Do you think they give him a chance here? Possibly as a late game sub. Okay. I don't think they'll start him. I think they're going to start Demir there. That's been the preferred decision in the past. I think they go with that. Well, we talked about Sam that on stays Tuesday. Up top. Yeah, we talked about that on Tuesday where you you put him alongside uh, alongside yeah, right. and you just make him push forward but into I, the attack. Yeah, but I talked to Freddie Warriors at training, and he really likes mixing and matching okay. Dami and Sam. He likes them having to prepare for one mm-hmm. and being in that mindset and being really dialed in and then giving the other guy. Okay. And, and Dami tracks so far back. Dunny and I were talking about this on the Thursday night show on KMYU, and if you didn't see it because you were watching BYU-Utah, surprisingly, it got really good ratings. Really? Yeah. People didn't want to watch the games? It so it's over. airing twice now. Okay. It airs on KMYU, and then it airs again on K on uh, KUTV and like uh, we're replaying the news and talking sports now okay and so they come on at I think 1235 so talking at about one o'clock in the morning okay and I don't know maybe people done with the football game flipped over and saw it but the two shows combined it did a one rating which for that show yeah every day of the week <laughs> bravo every for the KMY show any night of the week Monday through Friday the two shows get a one rating get 10,000 people you know given the station given the late hour uh, sales is static with that nothing else is going to do that it's not the, especially in this area with everybody having Netflix and Hulu and you know Amazon and whatever <laughs> else I mean there's so many YouTube yes. I mean you know people are watching everything so if you get that yeah, they can make money off that all day long. So yeah. they're pumped. Um, I, I think it comes back to ourselves winning. That's where it's like everything else. The ratings, you know, people love a winner. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear you break down a loss midweek. But hey, they got a good result. They got a big game coming up. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? And, you know, I think I think the preferred lineup they're settling with. Bofa was the choice there for a while. Yes, but he's not now. He had a rough go um, against uh, LAFC, and you know they're going another way. Yeah. So I think Sam up top. I think Corey and Savarino on each side, Albert in the middle. I think Dami plays alongside Everton. And if Luke gets in, it's because they move Dami up top late and take Sam off. Okay. Um, But at this point, I think they're more likely to bring Plata in. I think they really like what they got out of Plata in the last game. I think they're liking what they're getting out of him in training for like three weeks now. Okay. And every time they give him a little more, 
He's responded. He's responded. Yeah. So I, if I had to guess, I would think the first sub is Plata, and then he pushes Corey up top and Sam comes off. Or Corey comes off and Sam stays, depending on how it's going. The interesting thing is I thought in that last game – I didn't think Sam had a bad game. I've heard people say that. I think they had problems connecting with Sam. I think Sam just kind of disappeared. He didn't get touches. They didn't get the ball to him. And Dami comes in and starts dragging people back. What I was going to tell you about the Thursday night show is we showed this goal against New York City FC. I don't know if you remember, but they high-pressed New York City FC a lot. And there was a goal kick. And Justin, I think it was, came up and won it in the center circle. Oh, yes. And then three or four guys headed in a row. Yeah. Well, Dami tracked back dragged a center back with him. Their back four was no longer in line. They pulled the center back a good 10 to 15 yards forward. <laughs> Dami heads the ball, just kind of flicks it wide yeah. to Rusnak, and Rusnak plays it a square ball to Kyle. And he played it behind the behind one center back in front of the other. They Their back four was so distorted. So when the ball's played to Kyle with no center back there, the outside back had to step. So that Kyle it, didn't step up yeah. and just have a shot at the entire goal. But then it, and then it he was, lays it off to Savarino. There's no one on Savarino, and Savarino scores. It all starts with Dami dragging a defender upfield 10 or 15 yards and then playing in behind him. And that's tough because Sam's speed is elite. And so you're thinking every step is that back that way to stick with yeah. Sam. And then all of a sudden, everyone has to shift gears together. Exactly. He, he's dragging you out, and all of a sudden you're out of alignment, and they attack. And it's so if, We've talked about this before, DJ. It's, it's like basketball, getting an advantage. You want a one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-two, whatever right. you can do to get an advantage and take advantage of that. So I won't be surprised if Dami goes for Sam up top okay. and if Bofo goes for Corey. And possibly Corey goes up top or possibly goes off. Okay. But the thing is, if they move Dami up top, you know, do they go to a 4-1-4-1 because they're behind and they're pushing for a goal in the last 20 minutes? In theory, um, maybe, yeah. I, you know, I, if, I they, can, if they were to have the lead, yeah. Tommy's not moving. No, Tommy's sitting and they're closing that game out. Yes, yeah. I could see them honestly in terms of the attack this week with that that layout. You kind of have the lineup you have laid out there with Demir playing alongside Everton on the attack. I think it could look more like a four one four one, but when they are defending, it drops back into that fourth two three one where Tommy's yeah. finally dropping back to defend it. But you're right; it all kind of depends on how this match goes and how it morphs throughout it and the substitutions. You know, a lot has been made, not specifically about this game, it'll just be highlighted in this game, that RSL, you know, hasn't spent the big money on the attacker. Correct. And Portland has, right? They brought in Diego Valeri. They have brought in Fernandez. Brian Before Fernandez, that, yeah. They had Fernando Adi, right? And why doesn't RSL bring in a guy like that? Goals for this year, RSL 40, Portland 42. Yeah. and Over the course of a season... Spend all that money on these big-name attackers, score two more goals. Well, and Albert Rusnak and Sam Johnson, two of your highest-priced players for Real Salt Lake, both are sitting on nine goals. Well, Brian Fernandez, ten goals. Jeremy Ebobise, eight goals. Diego Valeri, seven goals. So you're rolling right there with them. Saberino's on seven, He's on right? seven as well. Correct. They've never had three players in double figures. If I had to bet right now, I would bet against Saverino getting to ten goals, but I wouldn't rule it out. So you think— He's been called in. He's not going to play against San Jose. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. So, so he's only got six games left so to that get the affects, three goals. Yeah, that affects how your your chances right. and scoring. that's he doesn't he doesn't score every other game. He might, you know, he could he could get a brace against somebody here, and then you only just need to pick off one somewhere else. Yeah, how do you uh, DJ? I know we're looking beyond this, talking about this, but there's been a number of call ups for Real Salt Lake here of Albert getting and I called expect in. More, you expect more? Okay, I do well. Okay, and I just wanted to ask you in your mind. 
I get the guys want to play for their national teams. It's an opportunity to go represent your country. But this is a kind of a critical time for RSL to really solidify themselves in the playoff race. I know that they're not expected to miss many matches, if any, for the most part. But I still feel like it's it's just a weird time to have guys flying all over the world. Well, MLS plays an international window. It's true. I don't know what to tell you. Why there's a midweek game now and not on any other midweek over the entire <laughs> course of the season up to this point, I don't have a good reason for you. That's a good point. I'm sure if we called New York, they'd give us a reason. <laughs> or tell I us, don't get it. Or tell us where to take it. <laughs> I, I don't get it at all. And for that San Jose game, I thought we'd save it for another podcast, but we can vent about it now and vent about it again later. Okay. Corey Bear's been called in. Correct. Savarino's been called mm-hmm. in. Rusnak's been called in. There could be more. Sam Johnson, Liberia hasn't called its team. They haven't announced it as we record this. Okay. So there I, is a decent chance he'll be called in. I don't follow what's going on in Liberia. I don't have any idea. I, mm-hmm. I can tell you nothing about the Liberian national team except that Sam has represented them. <laughs> and he was called in earlier this year. Yeah. I think there's probably a decent chance he's called in now, but I don't know. On top of that... Jason Christ gets to calling guys for the U23 Correct. team as they continue preparing for the Olympics. And that means well, guys like that means guys like Bofo, Justin Glad are all on this. Uh, uh, Aaron Brooks Herrera, Lennon, Brooks Lennon. Lennon there yeah. would be four possible guys called in. Now, they could, and we've seen this sometimes, you know, you beg for a guy or guys to be released. Do you get them all back? No. Uh, I don't know their schedule off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me. But, you know, two games. Could they play in a first game on the weekend when there is no game and then be back for the midweek game when there is maybe? How can this be negotiated? I know when, when Jason Christ was coaching RSL, he negotiated stuff with national teams. Correct. You know, in the run-up, the cycle up to 2014, when Beckerman and Romano made the team, 2011, mm-hmm. 12, 13, there are multiple times this stuff was negotiated. And sometimes it broke ourselves ways and sometimes it didn't and Jason always talked about the importance of having relationships with a national team coach and knowing hey this is when I have to help the national team coach this is when he can help me I assume that hasn't changed now that he's on the other end of it okay well. so but does that mean everybody will be here or who'll be gone I don't know but it, I, I think exactly what you said there's a decent chance Justin Glad is gone there's a decent chance Aaron Herrera is gone and that just I, I think there's a really good chance they're called in. I don't see why they wouldn't be. Oh yeah. Bofo and Lennon aren't as in good a form, aren't as playing minutes for as many minutes for the club. Maybe they'll be called in, maybe they won't. They're I'm not tracking guys. all the U twenty three guys that are his options, so I don't know. Um they've been called in before, they could all go. You Correct. Know? But I think Herrera and Glad I'd be stunned if they weren't called in. Yeah, it would be So would that's be. three guys we know are gone for sure, and it could easily go to five, six, or seven. And that man. Yeah, and that would gut the team yeah. for a critical game with San Jose. Yes. Now, I don't know what San Jose is facing. I haven't checked that yet because I'm honestly yeah, I'm not that worried about a game that's still a week and correct. a half Correct. Yeah, we got Portland. I'm thinking more about here. Portland first. Yeah, I get that. But in the West where you know RSL and Seattle are tied on 43 and the Galaxy and United are tied on 42 and San Jose's on 41 and Dallas is on 40 and you got a home game with San Jose, you need three points. Mm-hmm. What kind of a lineup are you going to run out there? They've earned one point all year without Albert Rusnak. Yeah, they need you know, What kind of a lineup are they going to run out there? Now, they'll have Kyle back mm-hmm. and Everton, um, so that's good. They can push Dami up high into one of the four attacking spots, but I don't know who will be starting with him. It, it seems impossible that Plata wouldn't be starting. And earlier, when Freddie said a week ago there could be a start out there for Plata, 
he had to mind the international window, obviously. Yeah, he's look, he's looking at this. He's well, they basically have, it depends on how you count it, but they basically have seven attacking players for four spots. Correct, yeah. Uh, you could probably go eight if you wanted. Uh, Tate Schmidt might get a start in that game, you know? Okay. So... We'll have to see how that all how that all breaks out. But first things first with Portland, I feel like if RSL gets any result there, Portland six points back with six to go. Uh, Portland does have a game in hand. RSL, this is the thing to keep in your eye. RSL is sitting on tiebreakers versus almost everybody who matters, and Portland uh, could be the one that's different with a game in hand and a, and a uh, and a win. Yeah, if they were to win this and win with a game in hand, mm-hmm. then they could be on 13 wins just like RSL, and maybe they'd get there with goal differential as well. But right now, tiebreakers, wins of the first tiebreaker. RSL has 13. Seattle, Minnesota, and San Jose all have 12, and Dallas has 11. So RSL's in good shape there. Uh, the Galaxy have 13 wins like RSL, but in goal differential, RSL's plus six, and the Galaxy are minus Correct. three. Correct, yeah. That, it's you know, it, trending up. It feels like a Cinderella run, right? They <laughs> haven't bit. gone out and done these big name. I mean, MLS is spending money and bringing in big names mm-hmm. in Atlanta, in DC United, well, just both LA, LA teams, yeah. Yeah. Portland. Uh, I mean, you can go on and on. And RSL hasn't. And they've made this late season run. But then when you look at the fact that they've only given up 34 goals, only LAFC in the West has allowed fewer goals. Correct. You look at goal differential, RSL was minus, I think they got to minus double digits. It was double digits. Season, it was. Right? Yep. They're plus six now. Yep. They've turned Minnesota it all and around. FC Dallas are plus seven. And yeah. then LA's plus 46. So they're fourth in goal differential. And when you throw out all those red cards in those first five games, it easily could be much higher. Okay, so don't take a red card, RSL, and you are legit. Not by a wide margin, but you are legit. You're not Cinderella. You're legit second-best team in the West. Yeah. Now, you got to sustain it. It's only three points, and you can mess that up in seven games. But if you look at the numbers, they're defending. The goal differential is there. Their goal scored is not that far off everybody except LAFC. LAFC is just miles in front there they've scored 29 more goals it's, than everybody else in the west it's they are so far off the charts yeah. but then you look at everybody else you know, ourselves four to five goals behind minnesota san jose and dallas correct but be and superior defensively yeah exactly the, so, the defensive superiority all right there we are those that's what i'm thinking portland won here earlier this year 2-1 they were in better form then correct and ourselves was in worse form and there was a PK saved in that first half of that game, and it's a big opportunity here. The I, one Albert didn't finish. Yeah, he's four I, or five. Yeah, I've I've watched a fair amount of Portland recently. Just seen them in these national TV games. That defense is pretty Swiss cheese. And if RSL does what if they should look at what Seattle did and just say, "Hey, if they get that first goal, let's go." Right? Yeah. Uh, Portland home five wins, three losses, two draws. That's not nearly good enough. No, that's seventeen points. In 10 matches. And you need to be at two points a game at home. Correct. And they're at 1.7. They are not They are not doing well. You know, and it's tough because Atlanta and Seattle have been in. And I can, I didn't say it earlier. I, I meant to, and then I got distracted. Uh, and it's true. You know, those are good teams. They lost to them at home. But RSL hosted both those teams. Yeah. RSL beat both of those teams. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Saturday night, Take 830. Take Pre-game at 8 on KMYU. But first kicks at 830. So, Yak, you can watch college football all day long. That's Hey, that's and then the cap it off 
Are you, are you going to watch RSL or are you going to watch USC and Fresno State? I'm going to split screen. I'll, oh, there it is. I'll Look at you. You're a multimedia giant. It's all I 21st am. century all I the am. time. I very much There am. are people who are just limited one screen. They were live in the 80s and you don't want to deal with them. It drives my wife nuts. But oh, really? Time. <laughs> yeah. All right, DJ and Yak Soccer Talk. We'll talk to you again early next week.